0: The Magic Mike Show, where you hear the experts speak. The Magic Mike Show, tune into the show every week. The Magic Mike Show, you can trust the show is the bomb because it's being brought to you by RacingDudes.com.
1: What's up, everybody? I'm Mike. Nope. No, and nope. he's Aaron Halterman. This is the Magic Mike Show. Magic out for this week, so you're getting a little bit of Mike and Aaron all week here. We're going to cover a couple pick fives uh, today and on Thursday. But before we jump into it, uh, we have some news in the horse racing world. I wanted to get your opinion on it because I know it was all a buzz on the Twitter machine today. Mage retires, so Kentucky Derby winner. We're not going to see that one again. And it, you posted, or racing dudes posted. Wasn't sure if you or Jared posted. Not me. The lack of lack of success that we have seen from Kentucky Derby winners once they've won the race seems like there's a couple reasons why to me. But wanted to get your thoughts on why I don't why we don't see that race to be one that's producing a ton of horses or, or any. All-star caliber horses as they move forward. It it to me
0: that is the end of one session, and then the next session begins. Kind of uh, as how I would put it, like everybody's really like from a two-year-old to that day. Everybody's targeting that race, going for that race. We're doing this, then it's just kind of a fallout after that, and then the second season starts where we're looking at the Haskell and the Travers and those horses, and even the Belmont. In some regards, those horses are kind of that. So second half horses you know, they're kind of the fresh ones. They're kind of the ones that, Hey, we're targeting this set of races. I mean, that's my theory on it. If you look at racing year after year, it's becoming harder and harder for these horses to hold their form for more than like three or four races. And that's to me that that's, that's kind of my take on it.
1: Yeah. I think, I think you are half correct. And you left out the other part that as soon as you win the Kentucky Derby, everyone starts thinking about the stud deals. Yeah. And so that means that you're not going to see those horses at four or very rarely. You're going to see them at four, which means that you just have half a season left. And like you said, the prep up to that race was just that race. That was the whole goal of that campaign. And so if they don't win the Preakness, they're not in the Belmont. Maybe you get a Haskell. Maybe you get a a Travers. Maybe you get a classic, but you're not getting much after that. So like the longevity of these horses that win the, the, Kentucky Derby is just minimal after that point.
0: Well, I think another thing people really need to do is take a deep breath. We've had some weird Kentucky Derby winners as well. No way. And, and <laughs> it, well, listen, I don't I don't want to take away from Mage because I, he was a he's a he's better than the one we had 2 years ago, right? But mm-hmm. he was the right horse for the right day. He hadn't won anything but a maiden before. And he hadn't won anything after. It's just he ran a huge race that day. Give him credit, but he wasn't like this all-star horse, Rich Strike. I mean, forget about it. Mandaloon didn't really even finish first. You know, <laughs> he, he just he, he got disqualified into it. Uh it, The and you know, country uh, country house got got disqualified into it. So we've had some weird ones, and I think you have to factor that in. Uh, authentic COVID year. You know, and authentic by the way. Uh, he did win the Haskell. It was just before the Kentucky Derby that year, and he probably would have won other races if the Derby would have been in its normal time. Actually, he probably wouldn't have won it. So it's just hard to kind of juggle this. And sometimes the Derby, the best horse doesn't win on that day, right? And, like, essential quality was the best horse out of the crop, but where he lost to, you know, Mandoline and Medina Spirit. But it's like he was the best horse. He got a really wide trip. What happens if he doesn't, he gets a, he gets the Mandaloon trip and he wins and then he's won four or five races. It goes, Oh, what, what a race this is. I mean, you, you go back through it. It's not always like this. American Pharaoh did fine after he won it, you know? So it's just, we've had a string of weird winners of the race.
1: It's funny, Mandaloon, the, the winner via DQ a while after the actual race goes final, the right. one who has the most wins since, which goes back to, hey, look, he actually had a career after that, right? Ran at four. That's why he won a stakes race there. So it's, it, that makes it a little more interesting on that front. Uh, the authentic front, I can't remember. Who ran second to him? Uh, 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 Tis the Law was second. Law, right. Tis the Law probably wins the Derby if the Derby is in May. Not at the end of the year. And Tis the Law probably wins multiple races after that if the Derby is in May, not toward the end of the year. That crop actually turned out probably one of the better ones that we saw through the last five or six years when you look back at it now.
0: Yep, yep. I I, I didn't know this was a thing. I'm not on Twitter or anything, so I didn't know this was a big thing today. But look, I mean, Shoddy texted me earlier. He's like, Mage retired. I was like, didn't he retire like a month ago? Like (laughs) I didn't even know he wasn't retired still. It's like Mage, Mage and running in another race was completely out of my mind.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, just a little Kentucky Derby talk here on a random Monday, since there's not a ton going on in the horse racing world. We do have a pick six carryover at Aqueduct. That will be on Thursday. But you know what? I texted Aaron and I said, Aaron, let's do a pick five here. Let's do a Wednesday pick five. Actually, I said, I don't really know who's running on Wednesday and which tracks I want to go to. So let me give you a couple options the next morning. So I said, Aaron, this morning, actually, yeah, this morning, would you like to go to Remington Park or Turfway? And so just for everyone who's watching this who's upset that we're not at Remington, this was Aaron's decision to go to Turfway. Now it is opening day, and you do have phenomenal fields in these. You get some pretty big payouts. you got to try and hunt a single down. So definitely a a more interesting handicap from that front, but still very surprised you didn't pick Remington. Remington's
0: card's not very good. If you look at it, just a lot of short fields. There's a five-horse race we would have thrown in there. There's a six-horse race and a couple eight-horse races. It wasn't good. Number two, listen. We have to get page views. That's how this works. A <laughs> Turfway Park opening day is going to get more page views than Remington Park. So, hey, I'm sorry. I I love Remington. I love Remington Park. But uh, listen, this Turfway Pick Five. I think I think more people are going to be interested in it. More people simply are going to play it. F- full fields. Every race we're going to get 12 runners. So uh, I I think this thing is is the one to play. If we're, if we're choosing a Wednesday card, this is it.
1: Yeah, the thing is, uh, you know, there's not any five or six fields in this one. <laughs> it is it is full fields of 12, 13 horses, AEs all over the place, uh, some tough maiden races, some interesting two-year-olds in the last race as well. Excited to get your take there. And the second race on the card, the second race in the sequence, a very interesting race as well, just simply because of who is going to go off as the favorite and what you like to do with those simple, those type of horses. So without further ado, Riders Up! Let's head out to Turfway Park. Your start with race number five. We've got 12 horses headed postward with uh, an additional also eligible as well. This is going to be two-year-old fillies going one mile, $70,000 maiden, special weight. Aaron, we're starting it out tough. Where are you going on top here? Yeah,
0: yeah. this is a really tough race, like you said, to get us uh, kicked off here. A lot of ways you could go, and you're going to see these kind of races early in this meet. Uh, horses just coming from everywhere, you know, and so that, that's Turfway in a nutshell. Uh, I took the Wesley Ward horse, the three on top in this one here. Uh, I know it didn't, didn't work out very well on debut at Keeneland. I think the horse is going to run a lot better here. So I put the three on top in this one. I think the synthetic is going to be just fine for this horse. Got it. Just a bad break hopped at the start at that race. Last time out at Keeneland and just never really, uh, got her feet, uh, uh, feet under. So the three, that's who I, I, used on top here. Uh, another horse I was fairly interested in and, uh, and and thought about putting this horse on top as well, uh, all the way to the outside, uh, the 12 Everland. This is a horse that does have synthetic uh, surface uh, experience, and it came last time out at Woodbine going a mile and 16th, only got beat a length and a half. It's another one, you know, debuted on the grass, didn't really get out of the, got out of the gate okay, but just didn't really do much running, moved over the synthetic and and looked very good. So I think the three is going to improve like the 12 did, but I think the 12 already with that race uh, under her belt, I like that one as well. So three twelve were my top two in this one.
1: I mean, look at this. It's like, just like you drew it up, man. I, I have the three on top as well. So daily five to one for Wesley Ward. So deal going to get them out here. Uh, it, we both love these pace projections and I've got Edge up right now on here and, and they've got a 35 pace projection for this horse. If you go to time form, which is available on DRF or time form, they've got a 45 early pace rating. They're both wrong. Uh, you mentioned the hop at the start. It's interesting that one of the times that these ratings can be very off is the second or third race of a horse's career when they didn't break in the first or first or first and second race and this is a great example of that where i don't believe this is a slow horse early mm-hmm. i believe this is a horse who got a really bad break and thus got slow ratings early because we're only one race into the career so uh to me top pick here uh i the 12 went back and forth on so the 12 is actually my last horse off here I think this is more of a speed type horse, and I'm worried about the post. And so if I was going to go five deep here, if I want to spend more than the 72 bucks, I ended up spending the 12 actually would be the next horse on for me in the entire sequence, but ended up leaving off the 12 Everland. Uh, Second pick for me here was the five horse playback. Uh, As the horse that last time we saw him was going a mile over a sloppy Churchill Downs course, Uh, the horse who ran second came back to win foreseen who's in here ran third in that race. This feels like a horse that's going to improve here. Getting that extra distance is the daughter of Into Mischief. Pure prize on the bottom side out of Blue Prize. Well, you know, Blue Prize. She was a very good runner in her own right. Uh, I I think you're going to see a step forward here. Second time off the layoff for Lobo. You get Corrales in the irons. uh, Very good synthetic trainer. Lobo 21% with a $2.42 ROI. I'm willing to say that that last race you're going to see better simply because of how the trip went. The horse didn't love the slop early. You could see that it was slow fighting it and then was stuck in between. I think you're going to get an improved effort here on the synthetic. So I went three, five on top here. Uh, How deep do you end up going in this one, Aaron?
0: Yeah, I went four deep, and the five was the one on the ticket here, the five playback. I don't have to really touch on that any further. I think you did uh, a good job there. I I think this is a horse that is going to improve on the synthetic. Uh, So three, five, also the 12, like I said, and then the eight. I threw the eight on for Brad Cox, sweet sunshine. Uh, If you look at Cox at this meet, he doesn't run a ton, but but when he does, they usually fire a pretty big effort. Uh, 74 runners in the past year at Turfway Park, hitting at 26%. And 53% in the money. So he basically what happens is he's got the stable there at Churchill Downs, and then he starts sending them to fairgrounds, so Oakland and to Turfway. And I think he, you know, has done a pretty good job of saying, okay, this is a horse that's not too bad. I think I think he or she will like the synthetic. So let's just go ahead and put this horse at Turfway for the winter. And you've seen horses from his barn. At Turfway, local horses kind of jump up and be decent. Maybe not superstars, but decent. I think he's just trying to, to filter them out here. Sweet Sunshine didn't do much on debut. I think this is a horse that's going to run better. And you talk about speed. I think this is the horse that projects to have the most. If it, you know, Maybe the horse this time out loves the surface, gets ahead of them, and, and it's hard to catch. So I did use the eight Sweet Sunshine as well.
1: Yeah, eight was on my ticket, too. Uh, I think this one makes a ton of sense here. Second out for Cox here. Uh, You've mentioned it has speed. I think probably gets the rail. That last race was pretty tough, too. It was dueled the whole way, going 22 and 2. I, I'm not surprised the horse faded. And then kind of had to check in the stretch as well, which meant that the, the end result was much worse. And I think it probably would have been had there not been that issue. Um, so I, I like using the eight here, too. I took a price as my fourth horse here. Send me to the two here. Winsome Beauty. That's a Mark Cassie horse. It's 150000 daughter of upstart machado takes them out i like the fact that this is a horse that debuted on turf and upstart is a you know about 10 11 turf sire it's about 15 percent on synthetic so i think the synthetic upgrade here is going to help i love the last two workouts you've got a bullet on october 4th over the keeneland track and then a bullet on november 15th over the turfway park track so this is one of those tracks where i you'll notice this later i want to have horses who have run over the track and won over the track I like the fact that there's that local work. It's a great work. I love the 15-to-1 price. I mean, we see these prices at Turfway all the time. It feels like if you're going to have that that last horse on, you might as well take a swing with one of them.
0: I think that's a good use. I, di- I didn't use the horse, but at 15-to-1, it does make a little bit of sense in here. You Look at the race three back when we had a turf maiden at Ellis Park, which Ellis – Turfway kind of comparable as far as level of uh, competition, I think, a little bit. Uh, you think about when Ellis Park is usually open in Kentucky, that's when Saratoga is open. So, like, the elite horses go up there uh, and then come back when Churchill and Keeneland are running. And now that uh, Turfway's here, horses are, like I said, filtering to Oaklawn fairgrounds, things like that. So, I think this is going to be uh, the competition the two needs. I couldn't quite do it. I I just, I'm not sure this horse is good enough to get the job done all the way and completely. Maybe could round out a try, something like that. But listen, 15 to 1, uh, I've seen worse 15 to ones. So that's for sure.
1: Yeah, the price, price is right there for me. I want to make sure since we're at Turfway, we're going to take a shot. All right, let's head over to the sixth yep. race. I'm excited to talk about this one with you, even <laughs> though it is one of the lower level races we're going to cover here. $5,000 maiden claimers, Phillies and mares, three-year-old and up, going six furlongs over the Turfway Park Synthetic. Aaron, are you putting the seven on top?
0: I, okay. 99 times out of 100, the answer would be absolutely not. So the seven, <laughs> a five-year-old first-time starter for yep. Wesley Ward and starting at the $5,000 maiden claiming level. Those really are great signs, Samich. I'm sure you're going to make that point out. When you look at this, th- this, every horse is a career maiden in this race almost. <laughs> Other than the two, every horse just... Oh, you know, just cannot get the job done, has had multiple chances to get the job done. Listen, the seven catches such an easy field. I still probably wouldn't use the horse, but I went down and I looked at the workouts. And again, I'm not a huge workout guy, but you kind of look at it and go, okay, this horse has a little bit of speed, right? And if we can just get her to break. I don't think they're going to catch her. I think whoever gets the lead wins the race, and it'll make sense, the two horses I'm using, uh, you know, when you, w- once we get there. I'm using the seven because I think this horse is going to be, even though it's a five-year-old first-time starter starting for a low
1: tag, I think it's just found one of the worst races to ever be run, maybe. Oh, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I would agree with the level. I mean, for 5K, the, you're going to knock at some great horses here. It, it is odd to see Wesley Ward owned, trained, <laughs> and bred. And the five-year-old part of it, and you mentioned the workouts, and I, I was like, okay, can I, can I make a case for this horse, right? Because you got to find a single at some point. And this is going to be one of the more singled horses in the sequence, which actually makes me not want to play it, which is yeah. why it's not on my ticket. Um, but you look at the workouts, there's a gap in there too. Know. And that, that made it even more concerning to me that, that between July 16th and October 1st, we didn't work out. Uh, it, clearly, there's been some issues getting this horse to the track because it's five and it hasn't been there yet. So seeing a gap four back made me even more concerned, and then I, I kind of came up with this problem that Curtis is mentioning: is the last couple workouts, which are by the way the only good workouts, all the other workouts kind of suck. Were the last couple workouts just to try and get the source claim for five thousand? You'd
0: think you'd have better things to do, Wesley Ward, than to do that. <laughs> but you're, you're not. I, I don't think that's impossible. Um, and again, it, it's just a situation for me nine times out of 10 or i said 99 times out of 100 it's just not a horse i'm interested in just catches such an easy field and and again i even if the horse hey we're entered to get claimed if we can get out to the front you just can't tell me that you don't think this horse has got a big shot to win versus group you know and so that's for me that's the thing look I, i i didn't single though i did put the 10 on the ticket i said i think if you get out the front you're gonna win if you look at the ten, I know it's been—I know it was last year—but two races at the thirty-k maiden special or maiden claiming level here at Turfway Park, got to the lead and ended up finished second. I know she's zero for thirteen. This is a horribly low level. I just feel like she's the other one that could get out in front. She's proven it before. I, I just think with the seven or ten, what am I going to get out in front? And I don't think they're going to catch her.
1: Yeah, I, I included the ten on my ticket. I left the seven off. I, I, I used the ten for the exact reason you did, right? I, yeah. This is this is your logical speed, your logical leader. If one of the first time starters or the two doesn't pop for some speed, I actually almost singled the two. Um, I, I before I found a single later in the sequence, I, I almost just took a big time shot here and singled up the two Conjure. Uh, this is a horse by Practical Joke. If you watch this show, you know much how I love how much I love Practical Joke. Second time starter. Uh, Cohen's very good with this spot 22% second time maiden starter making a drop down but was entered at a reasonable level and now dropping into here it was only $16,000 maiden claimer, but Balterra so it's not like we're going from like you know saratoga or churchill or somewhere crazy maiden claim, maiden special weight dropping in no this is a, a pretty reasonably placed horse in the first race as well i think you're going to see quite a bit of improvement first to second start here for this horse i uh, like the fact that the chart picks up the mount here the 22 when they they team up together on the year you got to have fun the winner of the last race one next time out this horse was also favored first start so you know that the, the crowd thought that this was a runner as well so it's kind of all point to it an interesting fact here too practical joke when you go through the sire stats, synthetic sprint, 16%, second best of anything that he does as a sire.
0: I, I oh. think it's a solid use. Uh, I, this is the other one I thought about. I, I, you know, ran okay on debut. Belterra, not a great place, but this 5K claim, maiden claiming race, not a great race at all. So probably fits in pretty well. Uh, yeah. You know, just didn't show a whole lot. Uh, I, I wonder what happened with the horse, you know, um and, and 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 yeah we did run at belterra but we were protected now we're in for a claiming tag off 200 day layoff but again there's problems <laughs> with everybody any horse you're gonna say yeah i'm all, all about this horse will go well there's this 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 25 things wrong with them so there are question marks with this one too but logically it makes sense you're, you're taking a horse that doesn't have that proven track record of being awful
1: yeah and that's that's kind of uh, the thinking on my third horse as well. I'm going to go to the 12 horse. First time starter, area Aria Vitella. Uh, and this is surely because it's another first time starter in the field that I don't know how bad this horse is. And in a field of absolutely, absolutely terrible horses, I'm going to go with just a wild card. And I'll take the 15-to-1 shot here at a price. Uh, the 7 to me, again, not interested at the price I think this horse is going to go off at. So I'll take the first-time starter who's going to be a much bigger price. Trainer, 2-for-22 on the year. Not wonderful, but in first with first starters is 1-for-7. So has been able to get the job done. 1-for-4 at the maiden-claiming debut level. And Deacon Cannon picks up the mount. Not a jockey you'd expect for a barn that doesn't run very often. So uh, I will take a little bit of a shot here. And I'm going to go 2-10-12 to try and get through here. You're just going 7-10? I'm just going seven ten. I think uh, an Oaky Bread showing up first time
0: starter here at Turfway is uh, interesting. So we'll see what happens here with the twelve. Uh, I don't. I don't blame you though because look, I mean, a first. I'm picking a first time starter that's five years old. So uh, <laughs> I, I get it.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't. Don't love the twelve, but I also like. Again, we talked about this last race. I want to have prices in these races because, especially at this level, the variance is so high yeah. that you, it, you can see some some very. Interesting, interesting things happen. All right, let's go to a little bit better of a race. We'll head over to Turfway Park, seventh race, the third race. Just a little bit better. Claiming $8,000, going a mile and a 16th over the synthetic uh, Aaron, I thought this was a little bit easier, easier of a race. This is where my single comes from. Where are you going on top? Oh, this is going to be interesting to see what your single is. I haven't looked at your
0: tickets, so uh, we'll see uh, what the single is in this one. Look, uh, I went number nine, a global sensation on top in this, in this spot here. This is a horse been running, uh, kind of on the mid Atlantic circuit running in, uh, in uh, uh, claiming races on the turf and then a starter allowance last time out at Laurel. When, when was up for a tag at 16 and 12 at, at Colonial, ran pretty good, won two races back. You know, the move over to Synthetic, not too worrisome because you look, hey, we've got some Turfway Park uh, races on the resume, actually won an allowance here on mm-hmm. February 17th, uh, at, you know, looked pretty good and then tried again and got fifth, didn't look good at all. But I think finds the right field today. So I do like the nine on top, uh, Global Sensation. Also the number eight, Command Central, that's another one. Uh, I liked a little bit in here as well. First off the claim for a decent trainer, moving over back to synthetic. We're again, at Turfway, uh, we've seen some decent races from this horse. Um, really, in, on the turf, until the last couple,
1: this horse been running okay as well. So I, I had 9, eight as my top two. Well, I like, uh, like that we agree on the top horse, at least. Uh, give me the nine global sensation here as the single. Uh, you, you mentioned what really put me over the top. Has a win over the track on a mile and a quarter against better than what we were facing today. And I think we're about the same horse as what we were when we were able to win that race uh, back in March of 2023. So not a huge time between when that race happened and when we won. Late in the four-year-old season, generally like these horses because they seem to continue to improve. And when I'm looking at some of these numbers, uh, I want to see the races around it that aren't on synthetic and then see what the horse does on synthetic. If it goes up, it goes down, if it stays even. And, and there was actually a little bit of improvement for Gold Book Sensation on Synthetic. So I think you can expect a little bit better of an effort than what we've seen in those Colonial races. On top of it, you're dropping from, like you mentioned, that 16K-ish level uh, down to 8,000. So you're facing easier horses here. And I think the trip sets up pretty well. It's the horse that has tactical speed but still has a kick late. The mile and 16th won't be a problem. Uh, it, I'm guessing we get like five to two somewhere in that range. But when you're singling in this big of a field, it gives you an edge in the rest of the ticket. So I figured I'd take a shot here with a nine.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I, we like it. It's top choice for both of us. So uh, I, I did not single though. I ended up using two more on here. I went four deep again. I, I I saw doc talking about the number seven courageously. I put this horse on the ticket as well. I thought 12 to one was a pretty good price. You look, the race three back 10 K claiming on the turf there at Ellis park. Got a win. Now we're at the AK claiming, like you mentioned to start here. So I thought, well, that's very interesting. I think Ellis and Turfway pretty similar uh, as far as a class level. So I think the seven courageously sitting there at 12 to one could pull the upset. I also used the 12 Joker on Jack. Uh, This horse has coming off a layoff. That's the bad part. But the good part, we got really nice synthetic form all up and down the page here. So and including a win, you know, last time out. Uh, which was March 9th, unfortunately, uh, 265 days ago, but did get a win at this level at Turfway by five and three quarters. So uh, I, I get it. I get why you try to single kind of separate yourself here. Um, we have the same top pick, but I I, I end up going four deep. That's those the other two I used there.
1: Uh, so you and you and Aaron ended up with, what was it? Seven, eight, nine, 12 here. I, yes. I had the nine top. I had the 12 as a horse that I had definitely in the ticket here, as well as a seven. Wasn't as lo- in love with the azu as you. I looked at the one and the two for a long time in this spot as well. Did you consider either the one Supreme song or the two carom? I didn't consider uh, the one
0: for a while. Uh, I, I, you know, ran pretty well on the turf. Three, three races back has, has ran pretty decent on the dirt. Uh, I just couldn't pull the trigger. I just like those ones. I talked about a little bit more. Wouldn't be shocked if the one gets it done. Uh, two, You know, I I just don't know when we when we ran on the turf, it hasn't been good. We do have a win on the synthetic here, but I I wasn't real high on the two.
1: Yeah, the the thing I liked about the two is the Turfway form, right? It's run ten times on Turfway, has two wins over the track, has some tactical speed. Both these horses going to be forwardly placed, which is part of the reason why I ended up with the nine. I do think it sets up well for someone to come from you know middle pack. Maybe off of it, we'll see where the where the winner ends up. I think it's going to be tough to be very forwardly placed in this race and be able to win it. I agree uh shoddy real quick you asked what am i uh, what site do i have up here this is Equinedge, so it's one of the handicapping tools that i use uh that's just easier for me to pull up because i don't use equibase very often so that's why it's uh it's making its debut here since magic usually runs the back end of this all right, <laughs> right let's head over to the penultimate race of the late pick five here for <laughs> Turfway park on wednesday afternoon or wednesday evening i should say optional claimers here twenty five thousand dollars. n n1x philia mayor three and up six and a half furlongs over that very forgiving poly track. Who do you like here? Well, I
0: put the five, uh, forgotten piece on top in this one. So that's uh, that's one I'm definitely going to use here. We've seen this horse knocking on the door at Presque Isle. Presque Isle, uh, also a synthetic track, you know, ran up there five times uh, this year, got second twice. So uh, got a win earlier in the meet. So This one makes sense as well. You also look again, the Turfway Park form is there. Uh, The last meet here at Turfway did okay as well with a victory uh, at this level. So the five was on top for me, uh, but I went three deep. uh, My second choice, there we go, is no tapping out. Uh, This is a horse that got the job done uh, last time out uh, at uh, Presque Isle, another Presque Isle runner. And now coming up here uh, to take on uh, Allowance Company for the first time. So I liked the five and the nine for the top two choices.
1: Yeah, I am. Uh, I'm pretty similar here. I I have the five and third, the nine and second. I do have a different horse on top. Give me the two horse. Love my heart on top here. Uh, Mike Maker sending one this this one back to synthetic. I thought was a pretty interesting move here. Um, has not raced over synthetic. Two tries over the turf. Got this horse two back, claimed it for 32000 jumped it all the way up to fifty, which I think is just way too aggressive. Uh, now we're dropping back down to the, the $25,000 level. I think this drop in class is going to help out the two quite a bit in this spot. I think the trip is going to be pretty good as well. Should be able to sit off it and then make a, a big move once we have kind of the speed starting to come back to us a little bit here. The six and a half furlong makes a big distance to, difference to me. And then when you go all the way back and you look at this horse, originally it was a Mark Cassie horse and it debuted at Saratoga on the turf. He generally debuts some pretty good horses at Saratoga on the turf when he's looking through his barn, and the fact that this horse debuted on turf, and I often talk, turf synthetic, plays very similar. If you're a turf horse, a lot of times you transfer over well to the synthetic. To me, this is one I think is going to transfer very well over to the synthetic and kind of get overlooked a little bit in the betting because you got to dig a little bit to be able to find the synthetic form. And then you go back to Colonel John. He's 14% on synthetic, so it's a horse that has produced quite a few winners over a synthetic track so uh, all kind of lines up for the two for me here nine to two on the morning line uh so I, I included him so i ended up four deep here we've talked about your five and nine uh you use the two two i use the two as well so we're You're very fair. similar i went two
0: five nine you went two five nine twelve so i just left off the twelve but yeah i use the two uh i really liked kind of what you said there on, on this horse Look, been running at some tougher places on the dirt. If this horse takes the synthetic, I would not be surprised at all. Uh if she's able to get the job done. I mean, this horse, pretty hard knocker, really. There you usually you can get a pretty good effort out of this horse. I think Maker's got her spotted in the right spot. So yeah, give me yeah, give me the two as well. Two five nine.
1: Yeah, see, this is this is why I'm I'm not as good at magic as magic at this. He would have known that we had the same horses and made that a much smoother transition. Well, I was surprised when I looked at the ticket. Uh, you mentioned I did use the fourth horse here. I used the 12th yesterday. Horse debuted on synthetic, was able to win at Prescott Downs, jumped up into a uh, $100,000 overnight stakes there, the debutante, uh, and ran pretty good. Not great, but but pretty good. Ended up third in that race uh, out of nine horses. Broke from the rail that day. We haven't seen this horse really take to the track that I think the owner and the trainer were hoping for. Uh, It ran in the Gasparilla at Tampa Bay. Didn't run well that day. was 71 to 1, so I don't think they really expected it. But it had been running in higher-end N1X allowance uh, or uh, higher-end N2L allowances. Now we're dropping into what I think is a much more friendly spot for this horse. And we're also cutting back to the 6 furlong. or We're getting a a 6.5 furlong distance again, which we saw at Ellis against Better Competition. This horse ran second at 44 to one. So to me, this is one that kind of fits. I expect that the synthet- trip back to the synthetic is going to be a good thing for yesterday. And you're getting a break in class here that I don't think you necessarily see on the page.
0: Yeah. I, I may, I may regret not using this one. I, I did think about it for a long time as well. Your big thing is, you know, that, that synthetic form there at Presque Isle way back when, like you kind of mentioned, that's something to keep an eye on because like I said, it, that, that, that horse ran pretty well on that surface. I think a lot of people might look at that turf race at Tampa and be like, oh, I don't know about synthetic. But you just keep looking back. There's some synthetic form here that makes sense for the 12.
1: Yeah, it's what makes this this track difficult. You can dig. I mean, some of these races, like the the 6th and 7th that we went over, not great races. High variance races. Mm-hmm. Then these races, like, and we'll talk about the next in a second you can dig and you can find a lot of positives about these horses and really, like, latch on to those specific things that you like about the horse and say, nope, that's the one I should be going for. This is the one. And, and you know, this is one where, hey, the early synthetic year and the two with the, the turf races to start out the career are, are things that are way deep in the program that you can attach yourself to. Uh, and it makes, you, it makes you a little more interested in some horses that are bigger prices in these big fields.
0: Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Because and to me, it's just because... These horses run on synthetic in Kentucky just this time of year, and then you don't see them again. So, you know, a lot of times it's like, okay, last three, last five races really relevant. You get to this track, it's like, well, probably those races uh, uh, eight months ago are the ones we really need to start looking at.
1: Do you think we're going to see more Belmont Turfway type transitions once we get the synthetic up at Belmont?
0: That's going to be really interesting when that happens. I, I would think yes is the answer to that. Uh, it seems like in the winter we're going to have a lot more uh, synthetic. you got the Gulfstream thing already happened, but a lot of those Gulfstream horses kind of stay down in Florida where you know Belmont, Kentucky, they kind of go back and forth a little bit. So I do think that's going to play a big factor. And that's not that far away. A couple of years, really, we're going to have that.
1: Yeah, it's uh, interesting to see how that kind of plays out because Turfway, it seems like you do get a bunch of different Kentucky horses, but not a lot of horses shipping from all over the place that end up at this track, except for some of the big days. All right, jump over to the last race of the pick five here, Turfway Park race number nine for Wednesday. We got a maiden special weight for two year old Phillies going one mile. I thought this was just a, a really, really tough race, really interesting feel. A couple horses stand out, but a lot of different directions you can go. Where did you end up on top?
0: I honestly, and I, I may still change it. So when I first did it, I had a single in this one and my single, yeah, I know. But I, so I may, I may still single this horse and then add your two in the second leg and go and go three deep there with a single here. Let's talk about the horse. I'm thinking about singling the number four Egyptian candy to me.
1: Okay. Okay.
0: I really liked the debut at Keeneland. You got to think it's a Keeneland maiden special weight on October 27th, a hundred thousand dollar purse, going a mile and 16th there on the turf. This, that had to be a better field than what this is. It just had to be. And this horse got second, only beating a length and a quarter, really came running, kind of got the lead or a close, really close to the lead and then got beat late by a pretty nice horse. I think if, if number four, Egyptian, Egyptian candy runs back to that race, I don't think she's losing. So
1: I almost singled the four in the spot. Any concern why she's not <laughs> running in a different spot? Major
0: concern. Right? Yeah. That was my big thing too. What are we doing? I, what are we doing here at Turfway? I think it's a connection thing. It, okay. it almost feels to me like, yeah, if this was Cox, if this was Maker, if this was, you know, name name another one, you know, uh, Asphewson. Well, maybe not on the turf, Asphewson, but uh, somebody, somebody like that we're, we're at fairgrounds and we're going to run on the turf. Yes. That does bother me a little bit. Maybe this is just a local connection. Uh, as far as, Hey, we're staying in Kentucky. This is the next uh, track open here in Kentucky. So we're going to go here. The pedigree is another thing. We should really like the synthetic surface, um, with being by trolling candy. So maybe that's it. I just thought this horse was pretty impressive compared to the rest of these on that debut effort.
1: Yeah, I, like I I can't knock the debut effort. Thought it was a very good one. I like I don't love 37 to 1 and now we're 2 to 1. Yeah. That to me is a big concern. Uh the price obviously being cut by 18x never a good thing in horse racing. Um so that was part of the problem for me. The second one is I just don't understand why this horse is here. That debut was good enough to run in a turf race in a lot of different places for you know, a a little bit better prize or this type of purse, but also could really be a springboard into a stakes race. If you thought the horse was actually that talented. Right. And so then to show up here and be like, Hey, we're going to roll it out at Turfway Park. A uh, little bit of surprise, a little bit surprising to me. I did end up using the horse. I, I'm not going crazy here because I, I took some shots in some other races. So I, I was pretty chalky in this spot. I think you kind of have to use the 10 as well. Sierra Sky, uh, Mark Cassie. Last time we saw this one was in the Miss Guerrillo at uh there. Lost to Hard to Justify. We saw to go on and uh, get crowned a Breeders' Cup champion. She's 9-5 to on the morning line. Uh, it's really not that, that intense of a handicap here. She's, she's got the best back races. She should be able to win if she can run back to one of those, as long as we don't see something crazy from Egyptian candy. Uh, but to me, the horse that I put on top and the horse I like the most and the horse the doc is now talking about here uh, give me the seven dappled lady on top here. First time starter, eight to one. Uh, Talamo picks up the mount here for Michael Stidham. He gets home at 16%. At over a mile debuts, he's 14%. So, something we talk about a lot is, is a lot of trainers are very good under a mile, a lot not very good over a mile. So, to have about the same stats at both is uh, generally a very good sign for trainers. On top of that, uh, you look at synthetic numbers 20%. Sky Mesa, very good synthetic trainer. This horse should take to this course. Uh, last three workouts all been over this course after working out at Keeneland. Prior to that, this is a Godolphin homebred. That's generally a good sign. Uh, to me, I, I think the seven is going to be. A, Pretty loaded for a eight to one morning line price, so I put the seven on top here. Seven on top, yeah. Listen, I, I thought about the source as well. I, I think this
0: is a a, a good, uh, a, a pretty good horse. You look at the workouts; it's nothing crazy, but real steady. You know what I mean? Like we're not seeing bullets, but we're not seeing you know forty out of forty either. Real steady worker. So be interesting to see uh, how that horse does. The connections are definitely there for sure. You mentioned the ten. That's the other one I use and why I couldn't single the four. The ten is the class without any doubt. Oh, yeah. Running in that grade two race. And look, I mean, I, I think the 10 at the end of the day, if you're playing this turfway pick five and you go, Well, I got them all right, except for the horse that got beat by Hard to Justify last time out. I didn't play that one at Turfway Park. I mean, you're gonna yeah. feel a little dumb. So I get it. Yeah. Uh yeah, I think I think. You know, like I said, I am going to use the 10. I went 410 here. I don't think the seven's a bad alternative to the two favorites.
1: Yeah. Uh, one other horse mentioned in the chat here Michael Oson brings up DeVoe on the rail is scary. This was my fourth place horse in this yeah. race. Uh, it's Satisfactual uh, here for uh Sherry DeVoe trainer. We talk about quite a bit on this show. She debuts at 9%, 9% for over a mile, 23% on synthetic Sadeo or Sadeo, Sadio picks up the mount. for, uh, did you look at this one at all? It's $220,000 hard spun. I would
0: definitely keep an eye on this one. I'm not going to play it. Uh, but I have a feeling it'll be on a future ticket is how, is how I'll kind of describe it. You kind of mention it, uh, Sherry DeVoe, a trainer who I, I really love to play. um, Her first-time starters, it's not a bad stat, but they're a little bit lower than her regular, or or not regular, but other stats, right? Uh, Again, I'm not saying don't ever play a Sharita first-time starter because they're not bad, but they're a little bit lower. Um, I think being on the rail as a two-year-old first-time starter isn't the greatest thing. It's kind of tough to win from the rail uh, for these horses, especially in a field of 12. She might get a little bit shuffled back if she doesn't break real well. Um, I think this source is going to be one you better take notes on. Uh, I, I just kind of have this in my head of, we might fall back to like seventh or eighth, make a run and be like, okay, next time horse might draw a little better. It, it might, might just run a little bit better. So no, a long story short there. Uh, I got it, got a, got to brag on her. She's doing a great job, but I just, I didn't put her on the ticket here
1: yeah and uh her roi is very good uh except yep. with first-time starters she's a dollar and six so loses about 94 cents with first-time stars with two-year-olds a dollar 79 which mm-hmm. on synthetic though two dollars and 79 cents for every two dollar you bet so very good roi from a synthetic perspective she also crushes some other stats when you look at ROI because she gets numbers home that's the thing and same with lobo i mean that's you know the the, the lobo horses love them at turf places curtis look the lobo horses you see twenty to one Lobos win more often. You see twenty to ones from a lot of other barns.
0: Absolutely, I agree with both the comments there. And yeah, with with Devoe, it's just a situation that she's not like that mainstream name, but she came from a mainstream barn. She came from the Chad Brown barn, and 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 this lady worked her butt off at that barn, and she's working her butt off now. And she knows how to train, and she knows how to pick out horses as well. So yeah, you just kind of got to keep an eye on her. And, and, and like you guys pointed out, like you just pointed out, this is just someone that doesn't get bet as hard as she probably should.
1: Yeah, I would I would keep an eye on the board on this horse. I think that's going to be a big sign too. Very good point. She's yep. started to get more and more love, and and if this horse goes off at six to one, seven to one, I'm definitely a lot more scared of it than sitting there at, at you know 12, 13, 14 to one. So to me, this is one that I'm more interested from a, a betting this race solo versus betting a multi race perspective, and keeping an eye on what the payouts are uh, because I think that's going to tell you. A, all you need to know really, uh, about this horse, because it's, it's, if it gets bad, it's definitely going to be live. Is there anyone else here that you considered in this spot? Or was this one of those races where the four and 10, just because of the, what they have come off of are just tough to beat.
0: Yeah. Four and 10 were the two for me. And we mentioned the other two, the seven and the one, I, I I think if you're going to go four deep, those are the four I would tell you to play. Um, so yeah, I think we got it covered. I, you know, look, it's a 12 horse main special way field for two year olds on the synthetic going one mile. So, We can't play all 12 of them, right? You just got to play the ones you feel the strongest about. Wouldn't be shocked if we see an upset. But I think we've covered the four that I wanted to talk about.
1: All right. I love it. Well, that's the Turfway Park late pick five. Uh, Let's go over the tickets here for the podcast listeners. Before we talk a little bit of football, I can see that we got a little college football playoff mentioned there. We got a Monday night football game. so We'll we'll pick that up there. Talk about that a little here on a Monday. Aaron, uh, since you're the guest here, I'll let you go first. Give us your ticket.
0: All right. Well, I'm going to go a $96 ticket here. Three five eight twelve with seven ten with seven eight nine twelve with two five nine with four ten. So $96 there. Uh, didn't didn't go with a single. If I was going to single, it would have been the four there in the last. Just had a little bit too much respect for the ten.
1: Yeah, I decided to hunt a single to keep my ticket cheap because I wanted to spread and get some prices in a couple other races. So I ended up with a $72 ticket. Went two three five eight. With 2, 10, twelve with nine with two five nine twelve with four seven ten again that's 72 dollars 450 cents should be a fun little sequence opening night you're always going to get big pools of turfway we'll have to see if we get carryovers I like playing like the time I play turfway is generally when there's a pick five carryover then I'm usually jumping in these because it just it seems like the, the you get some payouts here uh, and you get the big fields which means even if you want to be chalky and you want to play it for two bucks and you want to go one or two horses in each leg it can chalk out and still pay five, $600.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And it's like you said, the field sizes here are always good. You just rarely <laughs> open the past performances on a night
1: at turfway and see six and seven horse fields. Yep. So you, you generally get those 12 horse fields and you generally get one bomb a day, at least. I mean, that's the other part of it. You're going to get a price home at some point. All right. We're talking to talk a little football now. So if you're, if you're out of the horse racing, Thank you very much for joining us. Really appreciate it. Hit the like button on your way out so we get a little more thumbs up, so we get a little more page views. I know that's what Aaron's all about these days. Can I give you my hot take in college football? I love it. Yeah. I I can't wait. Yeah. This is steaming hot, and it will never happen. Michigan should not be in the college football playoff. Okay. Why is that? Because they're not. like They played one team all year. It's Ohio State. And Ohio State isn't that good. I mean, they, they struggled. They needed a miracle to beat Notre Dame at Notre Dame. Yep. Literally needed ten guys on the field after Notre Dame dropped a a, a interception, uh, like that game. You watch that game, and what everyone tells you: these are elite defenses. Mm-hmm. Okay, those mm-hmm. are two average to above average offenses, mm-hmm. and those defenses looked lost both of them against those offenses. The offenses were wildly efficient, both running and throwing the football in those spots. And then you look back to last year's college football playoff. The defenses on both these teams got lit up by TCU and Georgia. And the only reason that they were able to be competitive is because Michigan got to play a bad TCU defense. And C.J. Stroud, we found out this year, is really freaking good and played awesome in that Georgia game. There's no C.J. Stroud on either one of these teams. They're going to get waxed in the college football semis. I can't wait to bet against them. It's the only reason I'm excited they will be in it. But neither of them deserves to be in it over a team like Texas. Um... I agree that Michigan is a little overvalued.
0: I think Michigan would beat Texas.
1: A lot. Michigan I, would be, what, eight-point favorite against Texas? I, now, they may not cover, but I think I mean, they beat them. Give me Texas every day, all day. I'm sprinkling the money line. Now, remember, remember,
0: Mike, you're looking at a guy that saw Oklahoma beat Texas.
1: I, I realize that. But that I, was when Dylan Gabriel was good. Well... He's been pretty good last couple of weeks too, but
0: he really wasn't that great in that game until the last drive. But what? Uh, that's not true. He played a really good game. But I the the point I'm trying to make is Oklahoma's not a very good team either, and they were able to beat them. And, and Texas almost lost to K State. Texas almost lost to TCU. I don't. My counter is I think Michigan deserves to be in the playoffs for sure because I I don't think anybody's that good minus the team at the top.
1: I, Although there's, and there's
0: Oregon. I think Oregon's the second best team.
1: There's three elite teams in college football. Okay. Georgia. Yes. Oregon. Agree. And Alabama. I don't I don't think Alabama. I see. I think Alabama's gotten there later in the season. I don't that, think so. I, 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 the, the Alabama Georgia games will be awfully interesting. To spread in that game is five points right now. Georgia laying five. That is probably the closest. Maybe Oregon's three. But that is probably the closest line game against any team that Georgia would have to play for the rest of the year. You're
0: probably right about the line being the closest. I, I do agree, but I don't... I think Alabama is more like just gritty, tough. We're Alabama. We're going to find a way to beat you. I don't think they've got the hosses up front this year. I don't think that Georgia games... I think it could be competitive. I really don't think... Georgia's gonna sweat it out too much. I think in the fourth quarter, Georgia's gonna pull away from them in this game. Maybe it's a good game for a half. I mean, I just think when you talk about elite teams, I really think it's honestly it's just Georgia, and then I think Oregon is really good, really really good, and, and it could challenge them. And then I think it's Alabama, Michigan, Texas, uh, Florida State. I think's even below those three. You know, then I think that that next group of. I guess where we're differing is I think Michigan, Alabama, Texas—they're all kind of the same.
1: Yeah, see, I, I would have—I mean, like, I—I I, okay, so I—I I mean, look, Michigan's going to make the playoff. They deserve to make the playoff. They're undefeated. I—you like, can't really knock that, right? Assuming right. they beat Iowa, but they're twenty-two point favorites to Iowa. So let's go ahead and assume they're, they beat Iowa. they beat Iowa. Yeah, let's like, they, I, if they don't, then Mike was right. Remember that. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so let's say we got the four teams. You like Georgia over Alabama, it sounds like, so let's put Georgia in there. Michigan's going to be your two. I think Oregon's beats Washington. I think you agree with me there. They're 10 point favorites right now. So we'll put them at three. Yep. Who's the fourth team?
0: Well, I mean, if Florida State wins, they're the fourth team. And that's not me saying they're the fourth best team. That's me saying that's what's going to happen.
1: I, I would agree with you there. If they win, I don't think you leave them out. They're they're the shortest-priced favorite of any of the favorites in Championship Week, just three points going into Saturday.
0: It, it, and they, they could lose for sure, and then it's going to be between Ohio State and Texas, and I think Texas should get in. It, assuming they win the Big 12, Texas should be the 14 because they won the conference, right? So I, I look at it like this. Florida State, I think, will beat Louisville because I don't think Louisville thinks they can beat them, to be completely honest. So I think Florida State's going to beat them. I think it'll be a, just a last second type of thing. If Florida state played Oklahoma right now, I would not have a fear. Right. I think Oklahoma yeah, totally would agree. Yeah. They and would. that's how I measure it. Cause I've got an Oklahoma team sitting at 10 and two who's, who's above average. That's all I would say about him. I would not fear Florida, uh, Florida state right now. I'm talking with their current situation.
1: Side so, question. Totally, totally off topic. Okay. Oklahoma Missouri on a neutral who you got
0: oh I, I take Missouri all day I, I think, thank you all right well listen I, because this We're is back wild.
1: baby <laughs> no Missouri
0: Missouri reminds me of when Pinkle was there with Chase Daniel and Jeremy Macklin and those type of guys they have that kind of dynamic offense they have a guy that Oklahoma can't won't be able to stop end of the day i think it'd be like a 34 24 type game I for Missouri I think Missouri is a really dangerous team and and Boy, they got to be kicking themselves. That LSU loss, man. The LSU loss was terrible. And they were, they're the only team. And I never thought they were going to beat Georgia, really, because it's Georgia versus Missouri. But if you take the uniforms away, that's the only game where you kind of thought Georgia might lose. Missouri had the ball with a chance to go ahead late in the game.
1: Yep, that was a good game through three and a half quarters, and Georgia got the better of them late, and, and unfortunately yeah. they lost to LSU. If, they, if Missouri was sitting with one loss, this would be an interesting conversation too because that Georgia game was so close in Georgia, in Athens. Yeah. One more question for you because I think this is the most interesting scenario. I think Florida State loses this weekend. I watched that entire Florida-Florida State game. They looked like shit. They just did not look good. I think Maryland beats them this weekend.
0: Before you answer the, or ask the question, <laughs> How does the guy, how does Billy Napier have a job in Florida after two years know. of this? I don't know. I, Go ahead.
1: I don't know. You look around, you look at like what, what, uh, <laughs> Ned Fish is doing in, in Arizona. You look at what Elmo did at Duke and he's now at a and You look at what the Missouri coach is doing, Dingle. And like, you're like, how, how is this guy of Florida? Like what, what the heck is going on? Even when you like Anthony Richardson, I think we could officially say was wasted in that program as well. <laughs> after what we saw just a couple of weeks in the NFL. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Florida state loses. Okay. Okay. So I think they're officially out. We can agree on that. A hundred percent. Yeah. Bama beats Georgia. <laughs> it, Oregon beats Washington. Yeah. So it's Michigan gets the one. Oregon gets the two. Mm-hmm. Bama gets the three. Who gets that four? That's the interesting scenario to me. I think it should be Texas. It should be Texas, but but I don't
0: I don't know if you can leave Georgia out of it or not. I that. That's the worst. That is the worst nightmare scenario, right? For, for the committee. Great for me. I'd laugh and be like, this is going to be great to see what happens. I, I think Georgia's out if they lose, I don't know that they should be, but when you think about it, okay, if you're, if, if, if Alabama beats Georgia, well, Texas has beaten Alabama. And yeah, I know it's second game of the year. It doesn't matter. It's still a win. You got, you got to take that into account. If you're going to say Alabama's number three, I think Texas has got to be four, and I'm not sure if Texas doesn't have to be three in that scenario either, but we'll see what happens there. But I think Georgia's out if they lose um, based on the scenario you just ran down. I'm not saying it's right. I'm saying that's probably what
1: would happen. Which would be crazy. 28-game win streak, 29-game winning streak, back-to-back national titles, losing the SEC title game after being undefeated through the SEC, and would be sitting on the sidelines. I agree with you. I think they're probably out uh, because of how many – solid resumes I guess is the best way to put it you have this year it's just there's a lot more depth in the resumes a lot more very good one loss teams and depending on how it plays out there could be you have multiple teams that are guaranteed a spot like Michigan's in if they win Oregon's in if they win SEC winners in if they win Florida State's in if they win that shuts everyone else out
0: (laughs) yep yep and like I said you talk you talk about the Florida State game they they definitely can lose but you know I, I just feel like I don't know if Louisville's got the stones to beat them type of thing. You know what I mean? Is Louisville really going to go do that? I don't, I'm not sure. I think they're capable for sure. So it's going to be a great, you know, last 10 games. There's 10, 10 games left, all conference championship games this weekend. It'll be a last 10, a great last 10 games of the season. Um, Yeah. If Alabama beats Georgia, it it gets wild and there's going to be a lot of of upset people.
1: Yeah. it, it, It gets wonky. And if, if they don't, if it chalks out, if it's Georgia, Georgia, Washington, Texas, Florida state and, uh, in Michigan, someone's going to be real upset. I have a feeling it's Texas.
0: It might be, <laughs> it might I, be. I, and I, yeah, I, I would laugh if it was, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, the thing about the big 12 is they're definitely a weak conference. Uh, I think Texas is a really good team. I really don't know how we beat them, to be completely honest. I I think their weapons on offense are, are about as good as anybody in the country, and their defensive line probably is as good as anybody in the country, maybe minus Georgia. So I think they're really good. I think they're poorly coached. I think that's a little bit of their problem. But, boy, he's brought a ton of talent to Texas.
1: Yep. One, one thing for you. There's some, some talk in here 12 team national, the 12 team playoff, yep. the 18 playoff. We the, the, we're expanding here. What do you think of this? What do you think the actual. Effect of this is, I mean, obviously you get more teams in less debating at this level, but guess what? There's going to be debates between 12 and 13, just like there are between four and five. Those are going to raise just as heavily. And there's going to be a lot more razor thin lines of d- deviation between those two as well. Do you think it actually makes a difference in the end though, of who wins the national title?
0: Um, probably not. I don't think it makes too much of a difference. The way I think they'll set it up, you know, the top getting into the top four is still going to be really important because I think they're going to get buys. So that's you're automatically into the final eight. So I think that's important. Five through 12, where you're seated is going to matter because the way I've heard it, you're going to have home games for the first round of that thing. So yet you want to be on those top seeds. And look, I, I, I get what Curtis Manlow is kind of talking about that feeling of if we lose one game, we could be done type of feeling. It is going to go away. That does kind of suck. But the flip side of that, uh, you know, Curtis, is I went to a game where my team was ranked number 13, and they were playing TCU the last week. Talk about Oklahoma playing TCU. Oklahoma was ranked number 13. All of a sudden, we're one spot away, and that game is massive if it's taking place next year, where this year it was just like, well, Hopefully we get that 10th win. So it does emphasize that 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 fear of every game you got to win or you're screwed, but it does add more important, you know, games later in the year for those teams sitting there in, 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 at 5 through 12, basically.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, have, I, I went to Missouri for a hot cup of coffee, so I have a, some love for Mizzou. I, I agree with the comment in the chat. We usually Missouri it. Like, we usually are the chargers of college football where we're not actually good, and then we play teams that are good and we get blown out. I would love to see this team in the playoff Yeah, because they like, there are certain teams that I think could beat anyone on a given day. This Missouri team is a team that could beat anyone on a given day. Like they are good enough. If the ball bounces their way and they're plus two in the turnover margin, they could beat anybody in the country. Yep. Um, and it would be fun to see a team like that in it. I bet in 11 out of 12 years. It's the exact four teams you would expect are in the final four though. Probably. Like, it just, it feels like because college football, that it's usually so top heavy that you're still going to see those same four teams in.
0: I wouldn't disagree with that at all, but there are certain situations where maybe four five and six, or the, the razor yeah. are close. And so maybe a six gets in over that four or something like that. You, you never know, but you're probably right when it comes right down to it. But look, here's the deal. And I get it. I, I'm a, I'm an old school college football fan too. And I love the feeling of every game. The world is riding on the game. However, every sport, every age group in the history of sports anywhere you look has a playoff yep so you got it you got to do it and i get it but look this is this the college football is one of the major things in this country and for it not to have a 12 team playoff like you know you go down to the third grade soccer they're going to have an 18 playoff at the end of the season right i mean it's everywhere in the world mike leach used to say this they go Well, you know, college football, they just can't figure out how to make a playoff. They go, he said, why don't you go ask the rec league how they do it? You know, why don't you go ask the NFL or how they do it? Or how about this division one, double a division two, division three, college football, go ask them how they do it. I mean, it's a long time coming. I get the argument both ways, but it needs to happen. It's just all there is to it.
1: I I agree with you. And I think you're going to have some Boise-esque performances where you're going to have an upstart 12 seed beat a five. And you're going to like, but then you're going to, then they're going to face Georgia mm-hmm. and then it's over. Like, I think so. It's going to be hard to win those, those multiple games in a row versus just getting one through to kind of get to the, the final eight. And I have no problem with that. I'm yeah. totally okay with that. You know, yeah. it's like, I, I also, look, I like football. I don't mind more games. I'm <laughs> fine with it. Like you know, and, and there's too many damn bowl games anyway. Might well, as well have good teams playing in, in some of the early ones.
0: And here's the problem. The bowl games, they're all opting out of these bowl games anyway. So now all of a sudden it's like, ah, the, I used to love bowls. But it's like, now you got like guys you never really heard of playing. Gets more teams that will keep those guys going you know, a little longer too. But look, I mean, y- you mentioned it. Like, yeah, maybe they will get killed by Georgia. The, these low, lower schools, they get a chance. One of the best things about college basketball is March Madness. And, hey, you know what? A lot of those Cinderellas get crushed, but some of them win. And it makes for great stories. But the biggest thing, whether they get crushed or whether they win, they at least get a chance. (laughs) And that's what they should if they've earned it.
1: We also have a highly less likely scenario of this happening. A terrible championship game. And we've seen a lot of bad championship games but if you have an actual playoff it's a lot less likely one of the two teams won't be very good that's in the finals of that playoff agree because
0: instead of just having to win one game over a team Michigan who you just said got exposed when they faced a fast offense okay that maybe they would have got beat by somebody in that first round and never even got there you just you just never know
1: yeah so I they, and I, I still love bowls. Still excited to see the college bowl system. Think love you got to keep it. Think it's a good idea to have as many yep. teams playing as possible. Give them the extra time. Give yep. me as many bowl games as possible when I'm supposed to be hanging out with family. So love all of that stuff, right? Yep. Um, but I don't, I you know, I don't mind it. I don't hate it. I I see the pros and cons in the the, the, the playoff argument. All right, we just spent 25 minutes on college <laughs> football. Wasn't expecting that, Aaron. Thank you very much for joining the Magic Mike Show today. Here, I appreciate you jumping in. You're welcome. Yeah. And listen, I, I figured when we started,
0: we haven't talked football in a while, so I figured it'd be good. So
1: yeah, I, 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 I we didn't even bring up the NFL game. Did you bet anything tonight? Bears I hate this game. Three. I may not I even think.
0: turn it on. I hate this yeah. game.
1: Yeah. I've got a three and a half ticket. That's it. I bet it earlier this week. It's a three now. Justin Jefferson looks, looks like he's not going to play. I'd still lean the bears if you want to get involved now, but the difference between three and three and a half is about 14%. Uh, it's a pretty big difference. So can, can I say, <laughs> can
0: I say one more thing real quick?
1: Yeah, is Curtis is dead set against the playoff. I'm going to tell you a little story, Curtis,
0: of the greatest football game I ever watched live. It was a division two second round game. So you can point out, hey, look at this. This happened. It was 66 to three. Sure. That's going to happen. That happened in our national championship game last year. Division two second round playoff game between North Dakota State, who was in division two at that time, against Pittsburgh State, 1992, 38, 37, triple overtime game. Still to this day, the best game I've ever seen live and in person. And I've seen 165 Oklahoma football games live and in person. I'll take that second round playoff game over any of those other ones. So there's two sides to the story.
1: Wow, not That's even been- a Red-, Red River rivalry?
0: Well, okay. OU Texas this year was better, but still, what well, the point
1: is the same? <laughs> hey,
0: that was a hell of a game you saw this year, let alone any of the others.
1: Well, that's true,
0: but the, the point is still the same. North Dakota State, Pitt State was not playing in the regular season, right? It, it, we went and watched that game, and it was incredible. So, it will also the flip side is we will see some unbelievable matchups. Uh, inc- Missouri against anybody in that five, six, seven, eight range. Missouri, oh. Texas, for example, or Missouri, Holy Washington.
1: <laughs> That'd I would be a great
0: game. That would be a blast. Most of these games that would match up, I would be over the moon to watch them.
1: Yeah, I mean that's the thing. The five through twelve matchups, they'd all be really good games. I think so. Yep, they'd be all like maybe Missouri, Ohio State. Like like there, you'd have some some very good football games in that five to twelve region because that's not where the teams are going to blow the shit off. The, like the doors off these bad teams are living. They're living in that one through four range, right? Like yep. you don't have like Oregon and Georgia. They're going to blow the doors off a lot of teams this year, mm-hmm. but they're not playing in that opening round. You're going to get four pretty good games that opening round. Yep. I, I agree. I agree. All right, everybody. Thank you very much for joining us. The Magic Mike show Aaron. I'll actually be back on Thursday. So you get more of this uh, random banter after we Alabama versus Tulane at Tuscaloosa. Yeah. Well, maybe you're going to have the one power five, but you never know. Maybe Tulane I... pulls it off. Okay. 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 Curtis, Alabama beat Arkansas by three.
0: Okay, they beat Tennessee by 14. They beat LSU by 14. They beat Auburn on a fourth and 31. You know, or they would have lost to Auburn, who lost to New
1: Mexico State. I'm not sitting here saying Tulane's going to beat them. I don't think that'd be a blowout. Well, you know, the interesting part, too, is Florida State would be the five, considering the scenario if they win and we actually go by the regular thing. Tulane would get Florida State. That'd be a good game. (laughs) I think Tulane would beat Florida State. That would be that would be a good game. Uh, Anyway. We are really going to leave this time. Thank you very much for all the comments, everyone chatting with us here for the last hour. We'll be back on Thursday, another late pick five, probably somewhere in California or York. I would expect one of those two. I'll let Aaron choose there as well. Aaron, do you have – look ahead here. Do you have anything you like on Saturday you want to go to? Uh,
0: Saturday, uh, uh, I think we got to do Aqueduct because they've got the Cigar Mile and the Rimson and the Demoiselle. So
1: I think Aqueduct late pick five probably is yeah. the, the one. All right, we will put that in the book. So we'll head to Aqueduct on Thursday for the Late Pick 5. Same time, same place here, Racing News channel on YouTube. Make sure you check out the podcast, Apple, Spotify, anywhere you get your podcasts as well. Make sure you're checking out Dudes Who Bet daily in the mornings as well for picks around the sports world. If you want to hear Aaron and his dad go at it, that's Dudes Who Bets. And then, of course, we got the... Little blinkers off on Thursday as well. So, busy schedule here, heading up for the rest of the week. Even though horse racing's at its low right now, we're still going strong. So, make sure you check out racingdudes.com every pick, every race, every day as well. Thank you very much for joining us. We will see you all on Thursday.
0: The Magic Mike Show, where you hear the experts speak. The Magic Mike Show, tune into the show every week. The Magic Mike Show, you can trust the show is the bomb because it's being brought to you by racingdudes.com.